Thank you for joining us for this message from More Life Church, where we exist to love God, to love people, and to reach a region for Jesus and to make a difference for generations to come. Now, to learn more about how we're reaching our community and how you can partner with us and learn how God has uniquely designed you, check out Grow Steps on Demand by visiting morelifechurch.com slash growsteps or by downloading our app today. But for now, enjoy today's message. Uh, make plans. John chapter three for part two of He Must Increase. John chapter three, verse 30 says this. He must increase, but I must decrease. It's important for you to know from me that during this series, this isn't old uh, reheated notes that I've scratched up from my past and Bible school training. I I need you to understand something about this message, that this whole series is extremely fresh and new and life-giving to me. And um, what I want to do in this series myself, and I'm gonna invite you on this journey with me, is I wanna see Jesus for who he really, who he really, really is. Not who I want him to be, not who I need him to be, not who I heard he was, not who I thought he was from the past, but who he really, really is. I want that to increase. And when that increases, I and my ego and my self-centeredness and my desires, they decrease. Now, this isn't some kind of self-deprecating idea. Um, the, The truth is that we are not in and of ourselves enough. So we need him. And so that's why I'm asking him to invade all of my belief systems. God, show me who Jesus really, really is. And as that increases, I will decrease. And that's the journey that I want for you. I want for us to go on that journey together. I want you to know that my tone is uh, not... um, is not trying to be, hey, here's where I am. Come where I am, you need to hurry up and catch up. I've arrived and you need to get there. I don't want that to be in my tongue. Uh, What I want is for us to have hearts that are toward him and say, I wanna see Jesus too. I wanna see him for who he really is. Let's go there together. Now, I'm not suggesting to you that Jesus has changed because your Bible and my Bible says this, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody say amen to that. But what can change is your view of him and your view of him being more in line with the word than it ever has been, and that's the pursuit of this suggestion. I'm saying he's always been the same. We maybe haven't seen him as clearly as we should. So he has to get larger, and we have to get smaller. John chapter one, if you just turn a couple pages backwards if you're looking, John chapter one, verse um, 29, is where I want to go today, and what we need to increase in. John chapter one, verse 29. Just the one verse. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him. John the Baptist saw Jesus 
to Christ and said, watch this, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, I don't know if you brought your shouting clothes or you have shouting clothes, but that verse is worth shouting over. He says, I need you to decrease in your view of yourself and I need you to look fully at who Jesus is because he's the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Last week we looked at Jesus as king. This week, Palm Sunday, we're going to be looking at Jesus as lamb. Now, look at this very closely. The lamb, and I've taught on this and you could go back and look at it. Um, the lamb was representative of atonement. Redemption, sacrifice, passing um, our sin to the lamb as the sin bearer. This is who Jesus is. He bears the weight of your sin and mine. He takes away the sin of the world. And what I want us to do is, is this. When you see Jesus as the lamb, the sin bearer, you grow in your awareness that you are incapable of bearing the weight of your own sin. And when you look to the lamb, you see him as the one who takes away your sin. And as you focus on that, you begin to think less about the sin that you've walked in in the past because you were not designed to carry your own sin. Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. How many of you have children or grandchildren? Can I see your hands? How many of you have babysat a child? Can I see your hands? How many of us, all of us, if we've been in that case and in that situation, we have had the responsibility to take something away from our children or the children we're babysitting, haven't we? I wonder if you could imagine a child that you're babysitting who grabs a hold of a butcher knife Let's say a three-year-old grabs a, grabs a butcher knife. If you are a responsible adult, if you are a responsible human being, talk back to me. What is your natural inclination if a three-year-old grabs a butcher knife? Get it from them as fast as you can. If that's not your answer, I'm going to give an altar call later and you need to answer it. You take it away and you never give it back. This is the phrase takes away. When he says he's the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, he took from us things that would be destructive. The Bible calls these things sin. And I know it's an unpopular word, but I am unapologetic in the use of the word today and tomorrow and the next day because sin will destroy our lives. 
and it must be taken away from humanity. The greatest need that you had was that sin be taken away and Jesus, the Lamb of God, resolved that conflict for humanity once and for all at Calvary's cross. It was a complete payment. It was a complete sacrifice. He didn't need to do anything more. He didn't need to do anything less. You can't do anything more and you can't do anything less to stop the power of the lamb, the sin bearer, the one who takes away the sin of the world from extending his grace and his mercy and his power toward you. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. Sin, you have to understand though, the way, the reason it needs to be taken away from us. Now, now let me, let me in, case you're, in case you're misunderstanding me, sin came into the human situation in, in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve sinned. And when they sinned, sin perverts, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Sin perverts the way we see God ourselves, and others, the world around us. If you were to go back and we were to take the time and read in Genesis, there are these three things present as soon as they sinned. Sin came into their lives, and the first thing they did was they hid from God, they were afraid. The way they saw God changed. Instead of them being the beings that God created who walked in the garden in the cool of the day with God, they ran and hid, they were afraid. Sin perverts the way you see God. It perverts the way you see yourself. As soon as they ran, they hid, they covered themselves up because they became aware that they were naked. Who told them they were naked? No one, but sin created a sense of self-consciousness that perverted who God created them to be. Perverts the way you see God, it perverts the way you see yourself. And, and watch this, Adam, his first, one of his first words after he sins was, God, this woman you gave me. Whoever amen, that was a terrible spot. <laughs> I understand the temptation, but it was a terrible decision. But it's cool, we all get it. It actually proved my point that that phrase has not stopped. It's continued to perpetuate on. And I would even guess that it's uh, been even um, the inverse of it has been used too. God, this husband you gave me. I know every parent has said, God, these children you gave me. It, it proves the point that sin perverts not only the way we see God, the way we see ourselves, but the way we see others. As soon as Adam sinned, he started blaming others for that which he participated in, as if he had no part in it. Here's what I want to say. When we are conscious of our sin, our failure, our wrongdoings, we increase and he decreases. Why? Because you're thinking of what you've done you're thinking of the sin that you've committed. You're thinking of the failures, the things you regret. And I would suggest to you that this is a problem because when you are more conscious of the badness of your life, you fail to recognize the goodness of God in your life. 
And that's a problem. Because you're not seeing him as the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Now perhaps that phrase is a little challenging for us because uh, takes away the sin of the world is really big. So it does mean everyone, but if you're not careful, everyone will be a way of you excluding you. But you are included. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So we must break free of the performance and production culture and only pursue his presence. We must step out of the people-pleasing business and step into the God-honoring mind. We must lose the people approval addiction that we suffer from and only live to seek his glory. So how do we do that? We do that through these texts that we're going to look at. And here's what's powerful. That by the end of the day today, when you observe him as lamb, here's what will happen. When you see him as the lamb, it will turn you into a lion. I want to say that one more time, and I'll come back to it. When you see him as lamb, it will turn you into a lion. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, we see who he is as lamb magnified and exalted in verses 8 through 14. And I'm going to take the time to read this. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders, which Daniel exhorted us about earlier in worship, fell down before the lamb. Everybody say lamb. Each having a harp and golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying and singing, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And you have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. For every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. And then the four living creatures said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. The emphasis of this text and these songs and words that they're speaking is that the lamb who takes away the sin of the world brings to us redemption. He redeems us back to our rightful place in God. And in this song, it, it does five things. It honors the price and worker of redemption. You were slain. The song honors the payment of redemption. It talks about his blood. The song honors the scope and size 
of redemption. Every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. In case you think God is prejudiced, this song reminds us that he reaches to everyone who has been created and lives on planet Earth. The song honors the objects of redemption. And it says, we have been made kings and priests us. The song honors the result of redemption. It says this, we're going to reign forever. The result, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The result of redemption is a big, important theological word, righteousness. Once we have confessed our sin, repented of our sin, accepted Jesus as the lamb sin bearer of our lives, we've, we've been redeemed. And the redeemed are made righteous. And that big theological word righteous simply means this. You are in right standing with God. In other words, we could turn to a text that tells us this, that when you become a follower of Jesus, God no longer sees you all by yourself. He sees you in Christ. Another way to say that is, when you've been redeemed and made righteous, he sees you just like he sees his own son. Minds are exploding and melting at that idea. No way that's true. It's absolutely true. And when you begin to see that you are not the sin bearer, but that the lamb is the sin bearer, and that you, watch this, 2 Corinthians chapter five is gonna go on screen. This is what the lamb did. 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse 21 says this, for he made him who knew no sin, Jesus, watch this, he who knew no sin to be sin for us, why did he do that? That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You don't have to try to be righteous, you can't work your way to righteousness, you can't earn it, you don't deserve it, but the one who knew no sin, the perfect, spotless lamb that was slain redeemed you, and when you accept that redemption, you have been made to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's your spiritual position. That's who you are. That's who you were made to be, that when God sees you, he sees you through the blood of Jesus Christ. Without the lamb, there's a high view of sin in your life. But with the lamb, there's a high view of redemption and freedom that you've been granted. When we pay attention to our sin and focus on it, oh, I messed up again, I lied again, I smoked that thing I said I wouldn't smoke again, I watched that thing I said I wouldn't watch again. I went to that website that I promised 
I wouldn't go to again. I kicked the dog in anger again. I I bore resentment in my heart towards a leader in my life and toward my boss. I'm walking around with a jealous, envious, nasty spirit. I've done it again, God. God, I did it again. God, I did it again. I promise I won't do it again. God, I did it again. What? are you focusing on? You're focusing on you and your increasing when the result of that then is to be perverted in how you see God, how you see yourself, and how you see others. But if you'll begin to see God and Jesus as the lamb, the sin bearer, you'll say this, Whoa, I messed up again, but there's one who is faithful and true to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Righteousness produces certain, immediate, observable results. Let's look at just one, because I made you a promise. I made a big statement in the beginning, and I need to make true and make it good on that promise from scripture. Proverbs chapter 28 says this, verse one. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. When you see you've been redeemed, and that you are the righteousness of God, and you see Jesus as the lamb, this text says your righteousness will change your spirit and attitude. You won't be that weak, worthless worm as you've been viewing yourself. You'll see yourself through this lens. I see Jesus as the lamb, and that gives me confidence. That gives me strength. That gives me boldness. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Uh, you don't get it yet. When you are more aware of your right standing in God than you are your sin, people won't recognize you. It'll give you the confidence to move mountains, take him at his word. I like to put it to you this way. When you get real clear that you have been made to be the righteousness of God in Christ, that's the kind of boldness that'll make a tadpole slap a whale. So many of us lack boldness. We're timid. Too apologetic. When you realize that he is the lamb who's taken away the sin of the world and taken away your sin and you read something in his word that you don't like or you don't understand or goes against what culture is telling you is appropriate, you will unapologetically say, I don't care what culture says. This is what the Lamb of God says. He has made me to be the righteousness of God. I'm not gonna apologize ever for what God said in his word. He's the creator of everything. He's always right. He's never wrong. And when people disagree, they'll just have to disagree because God's word is forever settled in heaven and I refuse to apologize for it. See this? This then doesn't become about your opinion versus their opinion. This, has become about, this becomes about what the lamb has said. 
This becomes about what the Word made flesh has said is true. That's why we should devoid ourselves of all personal opinions and only stick to Scripture. If 5% of Christians reserved their mind to only holding fast to the Word of God, social media would implode. The real root cause is the fear of our failure and failure to appreciate the fact that right now in God's sight, you are righteous. If you've repented of your sin, accepted him as Lord, committed your life to him, said he is my God, I will never, I will never walk away from him. You, you, are the, you, you have been made to be the righteousness of God right now. I don't feel that way. Doesn't matter. That's how he sees you. The problem is, when we elevate our feelings above his word, we continue to pervert the way we see, the God, the way we see God, ourselves, and the world around us. Why? Because we're increasing. This is how I see it. No, 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 no. When we appreciate that truth, it makes us bold. Now listen, boldness is not arrogance. It's humility and power under control. When we see him as lamb, it turns us into a line and we'll do three things. And I want you to write these things down and I'm gonna finish with this. Number one, I want us to be bold because God wants this, to be bold acting on the word of God. James 1.22 says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Today, this is my responsibility and yours. This is your responsibility to take his word that we've taught and to be a doer of it. Number two, we are to be bold in resisting the devil. James chapter four, verse seven says this, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He will flee from you. Years ago, I heard a guy say, the good news is I've got the devil on the run. The bad news is he's chasing me. We've got to be bold and stop being afraid of the enemy and unapologetic as we face those things that come to our life that are from him and say, no, 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 the word of God says, I'm to resist the devil and he will flee from me. Why? Not because of you, not because of me, because him that knew no sin was made to be sin so that you and I could be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When the devil comes after you and you take your authority in Christ, he doesn't see you, he sees Jesus and he always obeys when Jesus 
commands. Everywhere in Scripture, you listen, you need to understand this, that God and the devil are not equal opposites. There is no tug of war in the realm of the spirit and we're just keeping our fingers crossed till that day to find out who wins. No, 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 your Bible says that Jesus has already obtained the victory. He stripped the devil of all of his power and made him a public shame openly defying him and has transferred his power to us because we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't know how much longer I can sit in this chair. When the enemy attacks you, remember. Remember, some of you are under attack right now. Some of you, mm, can, I, can I love you and pastor you in the next 30 seconds? Give me permission and say yes. Some of you got, are under attack because you've made stupid decisions. And it's your fault. How do I know that's true? Because I've done it. And so have you. Stop blaming the devil for the things that you've done. No secret, just change. You can, you can change. You can change your attitude. You can, you, can, you can do all these things. I gotta keep moving because this is important. When the enemy attacks you, remember, now we go to when you are, there's some of you that are under attack from the enemy right now, physically, emotionally, spiritually, maybe financially, maybe, maybe relationally. When the enemy attacks, remember this. This is what the, this is what the lion inside of you because you've been made to be the righteousness of God will behave when the enemy attacks. Not I'm on the run, I'm running from the devil. No, no, no. It's another opportunity. It's another opportunity to prove that God's word works every single time in your life. Third, we are to be bold when we approach God. We are to be bold when we approach God. Hebrews 4.16 says this, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How does he want us to come? Boldly. Like a married child who's left the home and comes back to mom and dad's house to visit and goes to the refrigerator without asking for permission, that's how he wants you to come to him. My daughter who's moved away, she'll come home and visit and she'll walk right in, she doesn't even knock. The audacity. My son Jake and Lauren, my daughter-in-law, they'll come over. They usually bring something with them, so they open the refrigerator for that case. That's been a wonderful addition, thanks to Lauren for that. She's a brilliant daughter-in-law so far, it's amazing. He'll come in and he'll just open, he'll just start opening stuff. Opening cabinets, opening closets, they don't even knock either. They just walk right in, why? Because they're my son, they're my daughter. who you are to God. You are his son. You are his daughter. You don't need his 
permission. He's already destroyed the barrier between you and him and the lamb that was slain. And now he expects that you just come boldly. You just walk into his presence and say, God, I got something that I need from you. But first, I want to magnify who you are. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for making me a son and a daughter. Thank you for being the sin bearer. Thank you for doing for me what I could not do for myself. Thank you for making me the righteousness of God in your son, Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us for this message from More Life Church. Now, if this message spoke to you, we would love for you to share it with someone you think could use it. And finally, if you would like to partner with us financially, you can do that by visiting morelifechurch.com give. Now have an amazing day.